Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. So I hope you brought your Bible today. We're starting off in 1 Corinthians 1.9. And Paul's speaking here and he says, God is faithful. Amen? <laughs> God is faithful. Faithful. Now, when you read your Bible, you need to pay really close attention to who God says he is. This is his word. It is God-breathed. He used men to write it, which to me is just shocking. Could you imagine being the person who had to sit down and write the Bible inspired by Holy Spirit? Like, oh, it's incredible what you can do when you operate with Holy Spirit. And so this is God-breathed scripture. This is, this is his word. And he's telling us, I'm faithful. And the Amplified defines that as reliable, trustworthy, ever true to his promise, dependable. And you know, the mistake we often make as believers is as we try to understand God or reach God through our, our carnal side of us, our flesh side of us, you know, through, he gave us these beautiful five senses, but it's not how we connect with him. It is not how we have relationship with him. And I think why some of us struggle with who God says he is, is because we look for things on earth to identify that, analogies, similarities, but you actually will never find someone as reliable as God. You will never meet a person who is 100% trustworthy, well, except for the person of Jesus, because <laughs> he is a human at the right hand of the Father. But on earth, what we see, what we know, even ourselves, we can't always even rely on ourselves <laughs> or trust ourselves or depend on ourselves, but thank God that he is faithful and that he is trustworthy and that he is reliable and dependable, that he wants us to depend on him and that in him, as we depend on him, there's life, there's joy, there's love, there's peace. And it's by him that you were called into companionship and participation with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's how this verse finishes. God is faithful, he's dependable, and it's by him that you were called, not into religion. <laughs> you were not called into a set of rules, into a measuring stick that you need to figure out how to get your life sorted in order for God to deem you as his child. No, what is God calling you into? Into companionship. God is calling you into a relationship with him. And religion would have you see yourself apart from him. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> religion has this way of thinking, it creeps in that God's over here and I'm over here and I'm waiting on God and we'll just see if health is for me. You know, it, it was for my neighbor, but you know, I don't know. And, and religion would have you believe that he's separated from you when in fact, He's telling you in his word, so we should just take him at his word. I'm calling you to be with me. I'm calling you into a companionship, into intimacy, into friendship, fellowship, into this uh, partnership, this friend that sticks closer than a brother. And not only companionship, but participation. 
and we're going to break that down. But I love Pastor Leon and, and how he, he teaches the Word. Um, if there's a place to teach the Word in, in heaven, I'm sure he's doing it. That's why I say how he teaches, because he's more alive than he's ever been. So um, he has got a way of teaching the Word. We all know that. But I loved how he would challenge us to use our imagination when you read the Word. It takes your experience of the Word, of seeing it as just a book, to experiencing God because His Word is, it's Him. It's His Spirit. It's His life. And what He has for you, you need to receive it. He has something He wants to give you through His Word and He's calling you. And that imagination factor that Pastor Leon always talked to us about is use your imagination. Allow God, say, God, Teach me by your word. Show me what you see. I don't want man's way of seeing things. I don't want my own brain and how I figure things out in my own power because I've been there. I've seen where I go when I rely on me. And, you know, it just got me thinking about my house. And, you know, houses used to be one room. And these days, I mean, we lose number of how many rooms are in our houses, hey? And uh, what do you do when you need someone in your house? You call them. <laughs> and you hear people calling each other, mom, dad, or you're calling your child, you're calling your son, and you're calling them, I don't know, to have a conversation, to clean up their mess. I don't know what you're calling them to. But that's what I envisioned when I first read this, is that God is calling me. Eden, Eden, I have a relationship with you. I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I have intimacy and fellowship. And that is how we need to see our loving Father. That since, since the dawn of time, He has been calling us saying, come here. Let me show you my goodness. Let me walk with you. I've got things I want to share with you. And He's calling us into companionship. He's calling us into relationship. And it's very important that we get that right as believers. That that is the number one thing that he is calling us into is to know him, to have a relationship with him, to be led by him, to walk through life in every moment, in every situation, to be with him. And then he's calling you into participation. And if you look up the definition of participation, it's got two, two breakdowns. And the first one is to take part in action or endeavor. And how many know that a relationship does not work if just one person is doing all the participating? <laughs> and yet we find God 100% participating 100% of the time. His word has shown us that he has done everything he needs to do for you. Jesus said, it's finished. It's finished. Everything that we could have possibly needed to do to be in right standing with God has already been completed by Jesus. And he's actively participating. He is 100% there. I am with you. I will never leave you. I guide you. I love you. And yet we have to take part in this relationship. We have an action we have to take. Faith moves, the Bible says. Faith without action is dead. And this life with God is a moving life. It's a forward progressing life. And there's things he, he wants to show you. There's places he wants to take you through your relationship with him. And he needs you to participate. <laughs> because how many know if you've tried this with a spouse or a child, it isn't fun. When you try to force someone to participate in something or try to make them see it your way or 
I mean, you just fail miserably. It just ends in arguments or walking away. It drives you further apart. It doesn't bring you closer together. And so um, we learn really quick how laugh needs to be at the center of our relationships, that I need to not turn you into me. I need to love you and accept you and forgive you for who you are. And how do I do that? It's because God does that for me. So when you're coming into relationship with him, it's in trusting and knowing who he is. He's faithful, he's love, he's good. It's who he is. And he's calling me to not just sit by and watch. I get to participate. I get to be a part of the journey, the adventure. And as I meet him in this relationship, we do things together. He does things through me. And it's the most rewarding relationship, the most important relationship we are ever gonna have. And so we have a part to play in this relationship. He is perfect, we are imperfect, but that doesn't worry him. <laughs> He's just saying, come to me, come to me. I have, a, I have something for you. And then the second part of participate is to have or possess. And so he says that he's calling you into participation with his son, Jesus. Well, what did Jesus accomplish on the cross? What did he accomplish in his death and resurrection? My goodness, kingdom of heaven living right here on earth for those who believe. And as you enter into that relationship with God and you rely on him and you see him as your companion, that friend that sticks closer than a brother, and you treat him as such and you show up in the relationship, it's how you possess <laughs> what Jesus has already accomplished for you to receive. And so very cool how those two things play out, that we have a part to play. He's calling us into participation, but how do we participate? How do we um, walk this life with him and possess all that Jesus came to give me? Because I don't wanna get to heaven and find out that I could have had more. I don't wanna get to heaven and find out that I could have avoided certain um, situations that I got myself into because I wasn't participating and cooperating with the one who knows me best, the one who made me, the one who wants to only encourage me, only build me up, only lead me and guide me into all truth. If I take him at his word, it changes everything about the here and now. It changes who I am. It changes um, what I do. And so how do we participate? The first thing, what God is doing comes out of a relationship with him because it's who he is. What God is doing, what God has for you only comes out of a relationship with him. It's not that we're pursuing love and joy and peace. Yes, those are things that God has for us. But the reason why he does good things is because he is good. The reason why we can have this love that never leaves us, never forsakes us is because he is love. It's who he is. And so if we want to possess and have all that God's called us to, it's in knowing him. It's in being in that relationship with him. And yet I think it's the humanity in us or the world's way of thinking that we have to get that checklist. We have to go after all these things and achieve and figure, we, I've got to figure this out. There is nothing you need to figure out. God figured it all out for you in Jesus. And if you look at the start to finish and how many prophecies Jesus fulfilled in his short 33 years, there's no one that could have orchestrated that in their own human power. It can only be God. And he did everything you needed to do and he figured it out for you. And he says, now come, because Jesus succeeded, 
That's why he can call you into companionship. That's why in knowing him is how you experience his goodness. It's how you experience his joy. It's in participating in the relationship. You know, I know some of you might be thinking, well, I, I've given my life to God. I, the Bible says, believe in your heart and confess Jesus is your Lord. But I hope that as we journey through this message, you'll realize that there is, there's no, there's no bottom to the, the depth of his love. There's no, there's no top to the height and to the breadth. And, and there's so much to discover in this relationship and this journey. And your life has seasons and you're gonna need him in every season. And he can perfectly guide you and lead you. But we can't be thinking, oh, I need to get healed. Oh, I need to figure out my finances. No, I just need to know him. I just need to be in relationship with him. And as I seek him, as I understand his word and live with him, he shows me because he is health. He is joy. He is peace. He is goodness. And in knowing him, I understand who he is and I let him live through me. Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live and move and have our being. It's not in our own efforts. It's not in this checklist of things I need to figure out with my life and I need to memorize all these scriptures and I need to confess them every day like it's some ritual. No, as we seek to know the word, what we're doing is seeking to know him. And I have found the more I, I position myself in that way, I don't even have to try to memorize scripture. It, it, it wells up in my heart. It ministers to me. God brings it to my remembrance. And I go, God, you're so good. It's not about seeking all the things and trying to figure it out. He's already figured it out. And all I need to do is be found in him, is choose him over everything. That in him is where I really live. In him is how I know where to move what steps to take, what decisions to make, what um, things to say and not to say. And in him is my being, my state of being, who I've been called to be. I won't realize the full potential of that. I won't even come close to all the dreams and desires that he's put in my heart unless I come to him. And it's in him that I decide to live and decide to move and to have my being. And I don't let anybody else dictate who I am or, or where I go or what I think. Hey, it's good to get some research. And if there's people you love and who love God and his word, those are the only counselors you should have in your life is people who know his word, who know the truth and are going to help you um, keep your eyes on Jesus. But it's really just the counsel of the Lord that I need. It's the counsel of the Lord that lasts forever. It's his word that will never pass away. And if I can and choose that that is the main thing, it changes everything I thought I knew, everything I thought I needed. I find what I thought I needed, all I needed was him. And, and that's what he's saying in his word is, is just trust me. I, I see now why the word says to come with childlike faith because I'm, my children are very young still, but most of the time I don't need to explain anything. If mommy says it, they just trust me. They just go, oh, okay. Mom said, we're going here. We're doing this. Yeah, mom said, this is good for me. I'm going to eat it. Like I've built this relationship with them and I've showed them that I love them and, and they just trust. They just have this childlike faith 
And the word says that if we want to see kingdom of heaven living on earth, there has to be this childlike faith in us that comes to God going, hey, you're, you're my loving father. I'll do whatever you say because you are God. You know best. I am not God. <laughs> I thank goodness for that. I mean, he's got a big job and he does it so well. But I think there's so many people that aren't, aren't, aren't heeding that call, that he's calling them to be in relationship, not in religion, not in trying to impress people, not in trying to live a perfect life. He's just calling you to him. <laughs> he's just calling you to his goodness and his love. And so how do we participate? The first thing is it's, it's about relationship. It is about knowing him. Second thing, we have to choose to trust him in everything. One of my favorite scriptures as a teenager and, and, and to this day, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. So God's calling us to trust him. Well, how do we trust him? With all of your heart. Well, how do I trust him with all of my heart? You don't lean on what you think you know. <laughs> You don't lean on what you think is right. Because I mean, all we have throughout the day is our own thoughts. Unless we're getting really good at taking them captive and choosing God's thoughts, you know, our journey thus far to God has been just our own thoughts, what we think is right. And so we quickly do come to relate to what we think is right and this makes sense. And, and we try to articulate that to our spouse or our kids and they don't see it the way we see it. And we end up frustrated because we all have a way of seeing things. We all have a way of doing things and understanding it. And yet God's saying, don't lean on that. I know you've gotten used to leaning on it, um, but your understanding is limited, Eden. Your expectations are very low compared to what I have for you, Eden. Your way of thinking, your way of doing, if it is not in me, is not gonna really get you anywhere. And when I can decide that that's the case, like, okay, I understand that my understanding has led me into hard situations, has led me into situations where I've had to fix things, I've had to work things through, and I'm sure many of us have been in situations like that where we can understand. And yet he says, how do you trust me with all your heart? It's you don't lean on what you think you know, but instead in all of your ways, you acknowledge him. And notice he calls them your ways. God loves you so much that he gave you the gift of controlling you. <laughs> he gave you the gift of deciding who you are, what you'll believe, what you will bring into your life, what you will give out to others. He gave you that privilege and that gift. It's your ways. So you decide your ways. You decide which way you're gonna go, who you're gonna talk to, the person you're gonna marry. But he says, your ways can be acknowledging me if you choose. If you choose, you can acknowledge me. And in the Hebrew, acknowledge him actually means to know him. And I love that. How can I know him in all of my ways? It means that God wants to be known in your marriage. That God wants to be known in your parenting. God wants to be known in your emotions. In the circumstances that you face right now, you can know God and know the peace that passes all understanding in that situation. In the 
arguments or, or, or relationship issues you might be having, in knowing him, he can perfectly lead you and guide you in all of your ways, because they are your ways, <laughs> but you're better off acknowledging him. You're better off deciding, I want to know him. The God who is the only one who saves, the only one who heals, the only one who delivered me from all my fears, the only one who healed me through his son, Jesus. When I can acknowledge that and say, I can know him. God is calling me to know him. And I decide I'm going to know him. I'm going to bring him into my marriage. Even if my spouse doesn't know him, I can know God and bring God into my marriage. I can know God and bring him into my business to my, the dreams that I have. And I can find out that what he knows is far greater than what I know. And what he has for me, he wants to be a part of every moment, every thought. And as we submit, it's incredible what we find. And then it says, that's how he directs you. It's in trusting him. It's in leaning not. These are just choices we make in the moment. As our maybe selfish ambition rises up and we think we've got control, we stop ourselves because we're spending time in his word. We're spending time listening to the teaching um, that's coming from this church and maybe other speakers that you know are pointing you to Jesus and you've been pouring into your heart and you stop yourself and you go, hold, hold on. What does God say about what I'm about to do right now? <laughs> what does God say that I should be speaking? What does God say is how I should be treating my children and loving those around me? What does God say about what I choose to think about because what you'll find as you read your word is he has direction for everything. And it's so amazing to just see how much he loves us that he didn't leave anything out. He didn't leave you to have to figure it out in your own strength, that he wants you to lean on him, to acknowledge his ways of doing things. There is a way that leads to life. There is a way that leads to freedom and truth. And it is only Jesus. It is only Jesus. We don't acknowledge what other people think we should do. I don't answer to other people. I answer to my loving father who made me, who, who has plans for me. He knows the plans he has for me, plans to prosper me. Well, then I got to know him because he knows and I wanna know what he knows. And he says, I can know, <laughs> I can know him. You know, when Jesus said, I got to go, but God's sending you the best gift, Holy Spirit, and he's going to teach you all things, all things. And he's going to be your helper. God only helps. He's going to be your strengthener. God only strengthens. He's going to be your advocate. God always is there to advocate for you and to, to lead you and to guide you. And when you make these decisions that I am taking God at his word, I want to acknowledge him in all of my ways. And I know I won't get it perfect, but God is not calling you into perfection. God is calling you to know him. And we can trip over ourselves so much. And he's just saying, daughter, son, just get over here in my loving embrace. Get over here, hug me. Like, let's just, like, let, let's do life together. And let's just, let, let me show you my goodness. Let me show you the path of life. Let me show you how I can satisfy you with long life and give you salvation. He's the only one who saves. He's the only one who knows you better than you know yourself. And that 
is a God I want to trust in. That is the only God. Um, and he's dependable and he's real and he's living and he's breathing. He's not some idol. He's not some um, concept or philosophy or way of thinking. He is a living, breathing God. He is alive and intimate and personal. And I'm so grateful for that. In Romans 8, 6, it says, those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Those who trust, find. Those who trust, find. As you trust him, you find that he is good. As you trust in his love, you find that his love never ends for you. As you trust him with all of your heart and lean not on your understanding and acknowledge him, you find that he knows how to perfectly guide you, even in your imperfections. And he can take those imperfections and he can redeem them and he can turn all things meant for evil to your good for those who love him. And as you seek him, you will find, as you trust God's action is working in you, you will find that he is working in you. How good is our God? So number three, you welcome only his word. Only his word you welcome. You know, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. If you want to receive something, you need to welcome it. And unfortunately, a lot of us have welcomed guests into our heart, into our home, into our marriage that do not belong there. And if we want them out, we got to kick them out. <laughs> we can kick out strife. We can kick out envy and selfish ambition. And we can kick out anger we don't need to receive them. <laughs> we have the power to choose what will I receive into my heart and what will I welcome into who I am. And the word is very clear, only the word. <laughs> only the word brings life to you. That's it. There's no other relationship or book or, or special teaching you need. You could just read this for the rest of your life. I love reading. If you saw how many books at home, so I'm not against reading, but I'm just trying to make something really clear here. If all we ever read was this, we would be more than okay. <laughs> because everything in here is the truth. It's life. It's freedom. It's, it's showing you all that God has participated in at his end and all that you can choose to participate in at your end <laughs> and how you can possess all that Jesus came to give you. And it's in welcoming the word. So Paul gave the word and the people welcomed it, not as word of men, but as truth. When you sit here under this teaching, no matter who is on this pulpit, no matter, you can decide, I receive the word. I welcome the word. And when it's teached, heart, you get ready because we're about to receive. We're about to thank God for who he is. We're about to say yes and amen. And out of your mouth, it is so important how you welcome the word. I can't dive into it fully today, but um, you'll notice I'm someone who, who talks a lot to the speaker when I'm on the front row because as I've understood the word, Romans says the word is near you, it's in your heart and it's in your mouth. It is so vital that we use our mouths 
to receive and welcome the word. That not only we hear someone teach the word, but that we let it out our mouth. And when I read scripture, I'm just gonna tell you what I do. When I read, trust in the Lord, I say, God, I trust you. I trust in you with all of my heart. And I will not lean on my own understanding. I, I, I preach to myself. I, I speak what I want in my heart, what I want in my life. And it's the word of God that I'm speaking. And when someone's preaching up here and they, and they say something that blesses me and I go, wow, God's good. I make sure out of my tongue, I say, thank you, God. You did that for me. And I personalize it. I find a way to imagine it like Pastor Leon encouraged us in. And I see it taking place because I know that this world is so fallen. It's so carnal. I don't wanna look to the world for how God sees what he has for me. I wanna know him and in knowing him, he's gonna paint the pictures of faith if I choose to see what he sees. And I choose to tell my eyes, eyes, it doesn't matter what this world looks like. I'm gonna be like that tree that Tim talked about, planted by the water. It doesn't matter if drought comes, it doesn't matter if heat comes because I don't live in this world's economy, I live in God's economy. And what he says is what I plant in my heart and part of that is what I allow to come out my mouth. And I might not always feel like it, but I have realized the more I speak it, the more it gets implanted in my heart and it changes things in, in how I am as a mom in how I am as a spouse, the more I welcome the word. I read it, I expect from it, because faith expects with hope that this is for me. God so loved the world, God so loved me. I am going to personalize this until the cows come home. I don't know if they come home, but you know, <laughs> I'm gonna write my name on it. I am gonna just, this is for me. I love, my grandpa would always say when he preached, if you were the only person alive, Jesus would have still went to the cross. And that's how we have to see this word. It is written for me, for my marriage, for my emotions, for anything I face, even in the hardships, even this, this world is, is led by Satan right now. Satan is the God of this world. So one day in heaven, it will be perfection. But until then, we have a job to do to go into all the world, to bring as many of our godly family as we can with us and to show them how much God loves them. And in knowing God, that's how I can do that to the best of my ability. I don't do it in my own strength or my own ways of thinking. I can trust and rely on Him and allow Him to guide me. And He's going to... Um, He's going to lead me perfectly as I welcome his word. And notice how Paul ends this. He said, um, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So a big reason why we read this is to know God, but it's, it's his spirit, it's his life. And as we welcome it, it begins to work in you. And the, the Bible actually says that it will help you divide. It will help you cut out the, the garbage, cut out the things that you've come to welcome that you realize, oh man, I should never have welcomed that into my marriage. Oh man, I should have never welcomed that into my daily habits. Oh man, I have been leaning on this addiction or I've been leaning on what my dad said was the way to, to live my life with my finances. And I see in God's word that I shouldn't have welcomed that. Well, the beauty of God's word is the more that you make it the most important thing that you welcome into your heart, that whenever anyone tries to teach you something, you go, well, hang on, what does the word say? <laughs> Let's just see if that's actual truth. 
that this is the truth in which you build your life on. It becomes the rock on which you stand. And when the storm comes, people can't even tell the storm came because that is Jesus. That is the goodness of God. But in order to find, you need to trust. <laughs> you need to acknowledge Him and you need to welcome His Word. No matter what comes at you, what does the Word say? What does the Word say about what I should say? What does the Word say about what I should think? What does the Word say about who I should marry? About how I conduct myself in my actions, in my attitudes? And if God calls you to it, it's because you can do it. But not by your might, not by your power, by His Spirit. It's in you as a believer. If you know Him today, He is in you and it's by His Spirit. So don't get hung up on, well, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Of course you don't know how. God knows how. <laughs> I've, I've, I've stopped worrying about how He's going to do it and I just say He's good. And so it's going to be good. Whatever happens and how I walk this out, as long as I trust Him, as long as I acknowledge Him, I can depend on His faithfulness and I will continue to speak that way, even on the days that are hard, even on the days where I don't wanna get out of bed. Yes, I have days like that. On the days where I cry myself to sleep, I choose God. I choose His way of doing things. I choose that He will guide me and lead me and show me life as His Word declares. And the more I choose to see things His way, the more I realize just how temporary this world is, like the Word says. It's gonna pass away. This life is but a vapor. But I have a job to do down here. I have a way of living that God has called me to and His way is the best way. And I don't have to do it in my own strength or in my own power, but by His Spirit. I'm gonna wrap this up. Number four, putting God's Word in your heart brings life. <laughs> putting God's Word is the only thing that brings life to you. And what you put in your heart, what I put in my heart is my choice. That I have such control for the most part. I can't control everything I hear when I turn on the news or, or put on a show, but if all of a sudden I go, whoop, I'm turning that off. <laughs> I'm guarding this. I'm protecting this. And in Proverbs 4, 20 to 27, it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. You get to decide what you're going to keep in your heart. That's great news because what you thought maybe you had to struggle with the rest of your life, you don't need to. You can get rid of the garbage. You can get rid of the stinking thinking. You can get rid of the bad habits by what you keep in your heart, by what you give attention to. And your attention to, your attention is wanted by a lot of people. <laughs> Have you noticed? Advertisements, government, everyone wants your attention because your attention is powerful. Your attention dictates how you live, who you choose to support, where you spend your money, how you choose to build your family, where you choose to live, what you choose to accept, your attention is fully a part of that. And what God's saying is, if you want my way of living, you want freedom, you want life, you give me your attention because I'm God and I love you and I know how to perfectly lead you. So give attention to what I say. In how do you give attention? Your ears. What are you inclining your ear to? Are you letting your, your, your gossipy friend just fill your ear? Stop it. Don't you let gossip fill those ears because it's a gateway to your heart. Don't you let what, what um, someone who doesn't serve the Lord tell you 
is the outcome of your marriage or this is what I've found. You don't let people who, who don't value the word of God, you don't give them an avenue to the most important thing you have, which is your heart. You gotta be careful, change the subject, talk about the weather, find something else to distract because you wanna protect this with all diligence because what you incline your ears to goes into your heart. And then do not let them depart from your eyes. What are you, what are you letting in your vision? God wants to lead and guide you through his word and you can keep it in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The word is life to all those who find them. How do you find it? You trust it. <laughs> and health to all their flesh. Now, this might challenge some of you, but health isn't just the health scriptures. <laughs> you know, how, how we find healing and how we enjoy real living isn't just, I gotta find out what God says about healing. No, he just said it. When you give attention to all of this, to the word, when you incline your ear to his sayings, when you don't let it depart from your eyes, when you live out this word, it brings health to your body, the whole thing. Not just, I thank you, Jesus, that you healed me, but when I decide to participate in who God made me to be, I choose love. I choose blessing and not cursing. I choose to pray for my enemies and not spit on them with my words. I choose how God called me to live. I find that it brings health to my flesh. I find that it brings life to every area. This is the goodness of our God. This is why he's good. This is why he's faithful and loving and there's joy and there's peace because it's who he is and his word is for you. It goes on to say, keep your heart with all diligence. So number four, guard your heart. It's your most valuable possession for out of it springs the issues of your life. Everything you face, how you walk through them, how you see the goodness of God is in guarding that heart with all diligence. It's in, as you know him, he will help you. As you rely on him, he, you'll get to the point where I don't wanna hear anything else unless it's, it's, it's from God. I don't wanna speak anything unless I know it's his word. It's his goodness, it's his kindness. I want that coming out my mouth. And that's how Proverbs ends. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. It's your choice, what you're gonna bring close and what you're gonna put far. Bible says, resist what is evil. Resist the devil and he will flee. Turn away from what is evil. Don't welcome sickness in your home. Don't welcome strife and envy and depression and anxiety. This world wants you to. This world's trying to normalize everything you shouldn't welcome in your home. <laughs> so you gotta do a good job of being a little weird. People are gonna think, wow, you're a little different. Yep, but that's the way I like it. I prefer God's way of living. <laughs> I prefer God's way of thinking. I don't want sickness in my home. I don't want strife in my house. I don't want anxiety creeping up on me every day. So therefore, I resist it. I put it away and I cling to my father. I cling to him for he is good and he will lead me and guide me in all truth. As I navigate this, I wanna navigate it with him. It says, ponder the path of your feet and let all of your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. It's your job to ponder your path, but God will give you what you need but you are an active participant in this. And when you show up as an active participant in this relationship with God, you find that God's spirit is working in you. You find as you trust him 
that he's always with you. He never leaves you, that he leads you and guides you. And as I said, I just speak it out loud. God, I thank you that I'm your sheep. You're my shepherd. You say that I know your voice, so I know your voice. And I declare it as mine. Keep the word in your heart and in your mouth (laughs) constantly. And as you do, it plants it deeper and deeper. I love one thing my grandpa said. He said, if you wanna keep harvesting, you keep planting. You wanna keep harvesting the word of God, you keep planting his word. You keep planting all that Jesus has done for you and you choose, this is my way. This is the way I live. This is the way I move. This is the way I have my being. And I'm on this journey and I'm gonna keep pursuing my father because I can know him. And that is how we live by faith. We're called to live. We're called to live, not die. We're called to live, not suffer. We're called to prosper and to have joy. But are you showing up for it? Are you saying, I'm an active participant. You're calling me God and I'm running to you. I want everything you have for me, God. What a beautiful, beautiful relationship that we are called to and that we can succeed at. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for today. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice in it. You have something for us today. And I pray that just as your word went forth, Lord, that it's planted seeds in our hearts. I pray that we'd water that seed with your word, that we'd receive it, that we'd speak it over our day to day, that that we would um, seek to know you in everything, Lord, because that is what you're calling us into. And as every head is bowed and eye is closed, I, I, I would be totally not doing you a great job if I didn't give you the opportunity to enter into that relationship with him because he is calling everyone to come home. He's calling everyone into his family. And it's for everyone, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. And when we believe that Jesus died for us, the Bible says all we need to do is confess with our mouth. I believe you. I believe God that you sent Jesus. And we'd love to lead you in that simple prayer today of inviting God into your heart. And it begins the most incredible journey. It's how you know him is simply inviting him. It's the first step. And so if that's you today and you'd like to pray that prayer with us, we'd be honored to lead you in it with no one looking around except for me. Would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with today? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Looking around. Awesome. So good. God is so good. All right, let's pray this together. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son. I believe that Jesus died for me. I wanna follow you. Thank you that you are always with me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Awesome. Well, welcome to God's family.